Welcome to Narrative Responsibility, a podcast about examining the meta story of your life, how well it is serving you, and how to change it for the better. I'm Elena Wolf, relationship coach and life alignment mentor, and this is this week's new perspective. Hi there. I'm so glad you're here today. This is episode 15, a resource review for the book Learning Love by Thais Gibson with Sjorland Gibson. And I guess it's also a resource review for attachment theory in general and Thais's work with the Personal Development School in general. These resource reviews are a feature that I've wanted to include in this podcast from the beginning. I think I might even have talked about it in the intro episode as something I would likely include in future episodes. So here we are in a future time, and (laughs) I'm going to talk about something uh, that I've read that I thought y'all might like to know about. So it's sort of, uh, because this one's a book, almost like a little personal development book club, except only I get to talk. Side note, if that is something that you out there listening might be into, let me know. I am thinking very seriously about starting a Patreon or some other kind of similar subscription curated community, and I'm not quite sure what sort of events or rewards people might be excited about or really feel like that's an added value to Uh, to make them want to join. So if that's something that you would like to see that you would show up for, uh, drop me a line, desk at thepatternbreaker.com or, you know, leave a comment on this post, something like that, and let me know. Okay, also, because this is the first time I've done a resource review, I want to be a little bit more clear about what they are. They are not meant to be impartial reviews where I just take some random book in the personal development or healing sector and talk about it from, you know, a detached perspective. That's not what I'm into. I would rather talk specifically about people whose work impacted me in a positive way that I chose to engage with their work and found a value in it or or got a real benefit from it. And so it's more a recommendation than a review. It's also, I guess, worth saying that I would never promote something that I had not tested on myself as kind of my first case study. So if you hear me talk about something, then that means I have actually used that product or that idea, that framework, and found some benefit in it to myself. And I guess also that I see a potential benefit to other people that it it addresses something that feels like an issue probably more people than I are likely to have, or something that I've seen maybe more than one client struggle with or find benefit when I present the idea. So, Learning Love. This is a new book that actually came out within the last month or two of me recording this in January 2024. It, I think, was supposed to be released in December, but I got my copy, uh, an online order, in late November. And again, the title of the book is Learning Love. It is by Thais Gibson and her sister, Sjorland Gibson. Thais 
has a PhD and runs a very popular YouTube channel, The Personal Development School, and again has an online school of the same name. Her work focuses on attachment theory and specifically an approach she has come up with and synthesized from her various learnings that kind of expands on the original version of attachment theory. This is what she calls integrated attachment theory. Integrated attachment theory focuses on how to change your attachment style and to manage the behavior patterns that your attachment style causes. The basic idea behind attachment theory starts with a binary of having a secure or an insecure attachment style. Most of the time, if someone has a primary secure attachment style, they're going to engage in pretty similar pro-social behaviors. They are capable of trusting other people, working in an interdependent way. They're not too independent, but they're also not codependent. They're you know, able to maintain their own individual identity while working cohesively with another person in a relationship or with a group. And, you know, they tend not to have really explosive arguments. They tend not to have much drama, you know, sort of all of the things that most of us want from our relationships, connection, calmness, safety, stability, warmth, that comes with a secure attachment style, it comes pretty naturally because they were modeled the behaviors and sort of given that template of relating in their family and in their sort of, you know, infancy, toddler, young childhood imprint years. And then that style of relating was positively reinforced to them and carry on. If you were not given a secure set of behaviors and beliefs and relationship patterns, then you end up with an insecure attachment style. The insecure attachment tends to come in two forms, either the anxious or approach-oriented or the avoidant and sort of withdrawal-oriented. And then you can also have someone who's a mix of the two. Some of the work out there on attachment theory suggests that it is innate, as in like it's genetic and you have a propensity toward one style or another. And others consider it a learned, you know, a learned behavior or belief system, but also not particularly changeable once it's set in your imprint period. And I think either of those views might be helpful for someone to give themselves grace for the things that they believe and the ways that they act. But in my opinion, it's also needlessly limiting. You can change your behaviors and your beliefs, you can change your attachment style, it just takes extra work. And one of the reasons I particularly resonate with Thais's work and her integrated attachment theory is that she takes that perspective that attachment styles can change and that you can deliberately do the work to change it. So even if we have a tendency toward one style genetically, or if it's completely just based on the non-optimal conditions that we were put in, it is ultimately a learned set of beliefs and a learned set of behaviors. It is not innate. It's not unchangeable. It's not a sentence to forever have, you know, destructive, unsatisfying relationships. I also think it's important for people who might have been brought up with a relatively secure attachment style or 
you know, a less extreme insecure attachment style to understand that attachment styles can change because that means they could potentially be at risk for having their attachment style changed for the worse if they get into a relationship with someone who has a deeply insecure attachment style and rather than the secure person, you know, pulling the insecure toward security and safety that it goes the other way. But it can go the other way. So, you know, uh, it's just sort of depending on doing the work, having awareness, and being willing to let your current experiences overwrite your past bad experiences. So what is this all kind of sounding like, you know, uh, the whole belief paradigm structure that we got into with nonlinear time, right? Where the conditions of the past create beliefs that define how you experience your present moment. Same thing, different application, or a more specific application, I should say. All right, so learning love as a book. It takes the reader through attachment theory at a high level and then kind of differentiates integrated attachment theory and the ways that that approach is a little bit different. It offers specific integrated attachment theory profiles for all four of the attachment styles. That would be the secure, the anxious preoccupied, the dismissive avoidant, and the fearful avoidant. And finally, it offers exercises for rehabilitating your attachment style towards secure. That's the goal, to have a secure attachment style. Integrated attachment theory looks at the core wounds, which is the underlying negative beliefs and like the deepest, most pervasive ones that make the mind interpret situations negatively. So when you have some idea of what the core wounds are, you can also extrapolate or even see, looking at your own mind through that lens, the kind of thought patterns and behavior patterns that come about as a result of those specific core wounds, those specific beliefs. There are common themes for those who share particular insecure attachment styles. And it may not be that every single person who has a particular attachment style presentation will have all of the core wounds of that style. You know, there could be a blend or maybe they have one as a primary and then one as a secondary attachment style. So sometimes you'll see different core beliefs or core wounds showing up, you know, in your specific constellation of wound patterns. But generally speaking, people who have an anxious preoccupied attachment style will often have wounds that focus on not being good enough, on the expectation of abandonment, of not feeling important, of not feeling seen, a desire to please and be pleasing toward the other, and a strong need to move toward the other for reassurance or soothing. Dismissive avoidance, in contrast, have wounds that focus on being innately flawed or defective. They have a fear of engulfment. They often feel the need to withdraw from relationships or moments to prevent overwhelm. They see emotions as threatening or irrelevant, and they prefer autonomy and independence in order to self-soothe. So where the anxious tries to soothe through their partner or through their attachment object, the dismissive wants to soothe by themselves. 
disorganized or fearful avoidant tends to have wounds about unworthiness, betrayal, exploitation, a fear of entrapment, and they tend to swing between approach and avoid tactics or please and reject tactics because they have an underlying ambivalence about connection and intimacy and being in relationship with to begin with. It is really helpful to see the profiles kind of put into words and then contrast with each other because it gives you a real feel for the different styles and how they show up. And I'm not including, I guess, the secure profile here because I already sort of went over it. But, you know, she also includes the secure profile so that you have that, that sense of, okay, this is what the, the baseline, I don't want to say normal, but optimal, um, like the optimal baseline would be and kind of how it behaves and how it thinks and how it shows up. So that can also help create clarity in what's going on for someone with a, a less secure or an insecure attachment style. And it's also really helpful to get a sense of the other styles because most likely you're not in a relationship with someone who has your same attachment style. And so this is a good way to understand what lens that other person, whether we're talking about a partner, a friend, you know, a parent, a sibling, whoever it is in your life that you're feeling stress in your relationship uh, with, like what lens are they looking at relationships through? One thing I particularly appreciate about Thais is how compassionate she is for all of the attachment styles. And I think approaching a topic like this with so much empathy and understanding and an emphasis on how do you see the innocence and, you know, in these behaviors really helps allow for honest self-examination because none of this information is being presented in a judgmental way or critical way or a shaming kind of way. And when you're talking about wounds that go this deep, all of those are very easy to trigger all of those feelings of, of being judged and criticized and shamed and rejected and, and told that you're not good enough. Like it's, it's hard to present information that confronts some of your deepest wounds in a compassionate, even-handed way. And she just does a brilliant job at it, in my opinion. But it's also done with real accountability. Like, she never makes the, the statement that having wounds excuses being hurtful to another person. It's more, let's look at ourselves and each other with kindness, and then let's learn to do better. The activities in the book for moving toward a more secure style range from introspective work to dialogue scripts for how to have hard conversations to creating action plans to help you act on your own behalf to get out of a learned helplessness where you feel like you can't make a change because it's been proven to you so many times that it won't work or that you're not capable of making that kind of change. There are sections on the core wounds and beliefs. There are sections on thought management and then sections on external world actions. She provides examples and case studies all along the way. So you can kind of follow along with different characters who have different stories to kind of see what these attachment styles look like in action and some of the different ways that they might come into being in someone's psyche. 
And again, there are also inclusions of secure beliefs and behaviors as well. So it's, uh, it's, it's really good contrast. And if all this sounds like an intimidating amount of information, I want to reassure you that it's really not. The book is pretty slim. It is very clearly laid out with plenty of reference points back to the map of what she's trying to, sh- to tell you and where you are in relation to that. The writing is easy to read. It's very direct. There are not a lot of pages in the book because it doesn't have fluff, but it's also not dense and hard to read. So in my opinion, it's just a really great introduction to both attachment theory and subconscious belief reprogramming. I think it has helpful and new information, even if you're familiar with attachment theory, unless you are really familiar with her work already, in which case there's probably not going to be a lot here that's new for you, you know, but sometimes it can still be nice to just have that written resource, or you'll pick things up from reading it for yourself that maybe you don't in watching a YouTube lecture or something like that, just, you know, different learning styles or the information maybe hits different way when you see it in black and white. So my personal experience with attachment theory is that when I first kind of encountered it in a more than glancing way, I had already done a pretty deep dive into complex PTSD and dysfunctional family dynamics, and I didn't really feel like attachment theory added a whole lot to that general perspective for me. It was just a really, it was a minor piece of information that I had already learned from other frameworks. I got onto the personal development school because one of my friends really liked it and that was, it was speaking to her. And so just wanting to understand what my friend was learning a little better and what framework she was using, I started watching some of the videos. And at some point, I don't know, a a couple years after enough to get a sense of the framework, I had this realization that even though I was able to control my behaviors to reflect secure behaviors, my actual underlying thought and belief patterns were still fairly insecure. Even though I felt good about the fact that I could control my external world actions and I wasn't worried about that, I was in a lot of distress and it didn't feel fair to me when I realized that. I was like, oh, I maybe should address this. And that's, that was when I ended up actually subscribing to PDS and doing some of the longer courses and longer lectures than what she puts up on YouTube. And it really was helpful for me. And again, it was specifically her integrated attachment theory and the core wounds and belief reprogramming tools that really helped me to shift out of those beliefs and to become more secure in my thought patterns and emotional responses, not just in my external world actions. So kind of like what I talked about in the resolutions episode, where if you're trying to force a change and force a new behavior purely out of determination. Like, yeah, you can you can get yourself to fake being secure, but how hard is that on you and your own emotional experience? And why wouldn't you want to kind of change the underlying belief paradigm that's making that hard for you? So, 
yeah, I'm a believer. (laughs) And, you know, even if you don't necessarily have an insecure attachment style, it might still be helpful to examine the the core wounds list because there's probably a few that you're carrying around. I mean, it's it's pretty impossible for anyone to to come to adulthood and not have some kind of, of wounds that they've taken on either socially or relationally. And the core wounds that we have, these beliefs that we have, affect not just our attachment bond relationships, but they also affect our individual relationship to our boundaries, our needs on like a physical and emotional and psychological level, our limits, our desires, our emotions. They affect how we show up at work, how we show up to either take care of our body or not. They show up in the financial choices we make. Like these beliefs play out in a lot of different parts of our life. So again, it's worth kind of doing an audit on them, in my opinion. And, you know, if you have a friend that you see going through the same relationship patterns, slipping them a book like this might be a discreet way to help them do some self-reflecting and see the part that their choices is playing in that pattern. Or if you have a partner or maybe an ex or maybe a situationship that you are in or have been in that like really you never got closure, this lens might help you understand that person a little better and why they did the things they did and bring yourself the closure that they're never going to give you. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. If you want to learn a little bit more about my work, you can check out thepatternbreaker.com or follow me over on Instagram at thepatternbreaker. And until next time, what part of your story are you going to take responsibility for this week? 